welcome and thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. With the message entitled, It Is Well, the Archbishop powerfully shares the key principles for overcoming the adversary by understanding the legalities of prayer, activating God's promises, and with steadfast belief, declaring, It Is Well. NDW Ministries is committed to the mandate of strategic prayer and praying for you. Discover more online at ndwministries.org. Know by faith that this is God's word to equip you. Be empowered as you listen. It's dangerous not to belong. It don't matter how intelligent, brilliant, skillful, and anointed and gifted that you might be, whoever you are. If you don't belong to a tribe, if you don't belong to a tribe, you don't stand a chance with the adversary. The strongest man that ever lived by the name of Samson, he was taken out by a lady by the name of Delilah, a hired assassin. He was stronger than her, anointed than her, better than her, but he was weak because he depended on his strength. I was said, by strength shall no man prevail. And he died all alone with his enemies because he was a loner. Please don't be a loner. If you want to last and you want to go far in this life, go with those who knows something you don't know. Hang with people more anointed than you. Stay with people, hang with people better than you. You know, the other day when the angel of the Lord came to Mary and said that you're going to conceive. You're going to bear a child. His name shall be called Jesus, Emmanuel. He'll bring deliverance to his people. And he said, your cousin Elizabeth, who is called barren, is already six months pregnant. And he said, when you get pregnant, when your pregnancy begins, go hang with her because she's more pregnant than you. She can help you. She can guide you to better understand and appreciate the process. Somebody say process. I have issue with people who don't go through process and I've never been through process and I self-proclaimed people. A man of God came to see me the other day. Very, very gifted, very anointed, very sharp in the prophetic. And uh, he wanted to have a relationship with me. And I said, tell me about you. Who are you? Where did you come from? And when he was talking to me, he's, he self-proclaimed. Nobody ever laid hands on him. I said, how do you get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Who baptized you in water? No one baptized him in water. He baptized himself. He baptized himself in water. Holy Ghost baptized. And I said, now, these giftings you are operating in, when did it begin? He said he was born with the gifts. I said, oh, I see, interesting. No one operates in any of the nine gifts of the spirit, whether the vocal gifts, revelational gifts, or power gifts, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It don't happen. The gifts that say something, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. The revelational gifts, the gifts that reveal something, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, Descending of spirit and the power gifts, the gifts that do something, the gift of workings of miracles, 
the gift of healings and the gift of faith. This is a particular faith. It's a supernatural infusion of God capabilities that is, that is embedded in your spirit and gives you the audacity like Joshua to stop the sun and the moon. That kind of faith is not the faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is a supernatural impartation of the God kind of faith that is put inside of you to do things out of the ordinary where your humanity stands to do things that only Adonai can do. All of those gifts, ladies and gentlemen, comes to the baptism of the Spirit. And I asked him, I said, at whose feet did you study? And of which of the tribe of Israel do you belong to? Who mentored you? Who fathered you? Tell me the process you went through to come to where you are. And when I heard his background, his history, his story, he had no point of reference. No one pointed a finger at him. He didn't steady at anybody's feet. And I said, you're a very dangerous person. And those following you are lost. Because you have no point of reference. You haven't been through process. Gold is only valuable and gold because it's gone through, it went through fire. Your value has everything to do with the process you went through in life. The Bible said that I have something against this woman called Jezebel because she's self-appointed prophetess. When you proclaim yourself to be anything in life and in ministry and it wasn't conferred upon you, you are trouble. You are trouble. Even presidents of nations, they have to swear an oath and a vow is made and the chief justice is the one that leads them into the office to take an oath and to appoint them president of a country. Hear me, you can never have authority in the ministry and in life if you have never been under authority. You have no right to command anybody if you haven't been commanded. You can't lead unless you've been led. You, you can't mentor unless you've been mentored. You can't father unless you've been fathered. And for those of you who follow gifts and you follow people who you don't even know their spiritual history, where they came from. Even Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Of which of the tribe did you come from? Tell me. Paul said, I am from the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews. I learned at the feet of Gamaliel. Whose feet did you study? I was telling somebody, I said, for every, please sit down, put your hands together. The service is already in motion. And I was telling him, I said, for every position I have acquired over the 43 years in ministry, there was nothing I did that was self-proclaimed. When I became a pastor, I had superior spiritual officers that flew in to anoint me, to lay hands upon me. There were elders and presbytery. When I became a reverend minister, when I became a bishop, when I became an archbishop, it was nothing that was self-proclaimed. I've always had witnesses of superior leaders and elders and officers in the body of Christ who came in to lay hands upon me and to confer upon me those positions. I've never self-proclaimed anything. And it's dangerous where we have a generation of people who don't want to study at anyone's feet. Don't want to go through process. 
Those are amateurs. And that is the danger of the future of the charismatic church and this movement where people refuse to be governed, to be taught, to be, to be mentored, to be fathered, and they don't want to go through any process and they become self-appointed, whoever they are. That is dangerous. That is spiritual coup d'etat. And we intercept such in the name of Jesus. Let's be wise. Let's follow God's methodology and protocol and process. If you want to last, go through God's process. If you want to last. And sometimes it's not easy. It's tough. It's difficult. But you must develop staying power. You develop endurance. And let me announce before heaven and earth. To every adversary and enemy known and unknown within and without. That concerning my life, my future, my circumstances and that of my children and this house. Make no mistake. God has the last word. Are you hearing me somebody? Make no mistake. For the outcome of my future and the future of my seed and this house and my nation. The outcome of it. God has the last word. You don't have it. I'm telling you, I'm making that announcement by the finger of Almighty God that God has the last word when it comes to the outcome of my circumstances and that of those who concerns me home and abroad. God and God alone has the last word. Put your hands together. Give him praise. I was talking to our pastors and bishops in North America yesterday. And I was telling them, as he said, that we live in challenging times, perilous times. And he said that these are days of challenges, great difficulties, the worst of times and yet the best of times, a time of light and a time of darkness. A time of foolishness and a time of wisdom. A time of scarcity, having nothing and yet having everything. Those are the days we live in. And it's a fight and a battle between light and darkness. Good and evil, there's no middle ground. You either belong to the side of light or darkness, belong to the side of good, nor evil. There's no middle ground. And you got to understand if you're children, if you're a son and a daughter of light, that the adversary will throw everything at you. He's not playing because he understands that his time is short. So he's throwing everything at the children of light. He's throwing everything at us and our seed. And let me say this to you. If you think, if you think that you've never been through anything, you're not going through anything, and your seed ain't going through anything, and that means you are secure, you are naive. You are naive and you've been misled. I'm telling you. Because many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Come on, say yes. If you don't face anything, and if the adversary is not on your case, and on the case of your loved ones and your family, it's because you don't mean anything to the enemy. The devil don't spend his time on people and territory he has already captured and conquered. It means that you already conquered by the enemy. You've already been compromised. But if you are standing your ground and you are not yet compromised, he will throw everything at you to test your faith, test your conviction,
test your trust and confidence in God and in the word of God to see whether you truly believe or you don't believe. Come on, put your hands together and give God praise. The Bible said, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble and he knoweth them that trust in him. The Lord is good. He's a stronghold. He's a fortress to them that trust in him. In the day of trouble, he's a stronghold to them that trust in him. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble and he knoweth them that trust in him. He knows them. He knows them and how they respond and react to the enemy in the times of trouble and in the times of challenges. And I said to them, I said, one of the strategy of the enemy for throwing everything at you and I is to get us to agree with him. Many years ago, I was dealing with some difficult situation, challenging times in my life, family, and ministry. And I want to see one of my grandfathers in the faith. And he said to me, he said, son, don't agree with the enemy. It takes two to agree. Don't agree with the enemy. How can two work except they be in agreement? He said, don't agree with the enemy. And I understood that whatever I was going through and the things the adversary is throwing at me is designed to push my back to the wall for me to acknowledge, accept, and confess the very thing the enemy is doing. And when I spoke to him, I understood that irrespective of what I was dealing with, that I had no right or business accepting it and agreeing with it and confessing it. Because as soon as you confess it and say times are tough, times are difficult, times will be tough and times will be difficult. I know it's tough and I know it's difficult not to acknowledge reality. But the fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, I've come to understand over the years that there is only one reality. And that one reality is what God says. The only reality we have is the word of God. Everything else is false reality. For it is written, the grass withereth and the flower fadeth. But the word of our God, that it shall stand forever. Put your hands together. If you believe it, say yes. That is the only reality. The Bible says, for be sure of this, to everything there is an end. To everything there is an end. And the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. There is an end to everything. Hear me. Anything that has a beginning has an expiry date. And it doesn't matter what you have been through and you have suffered and you are going through stubborn situation, complex, difficult situation. I came by the word of the Lord to declare an end to that situation right now. I command the expiry date. I enforce the expiry date of that condition and situation concerning you, your family, your loved ones, your health, your finances, your position, your future, your office. Let those difficult times, let the trying times, let tough times come to an end. In the name of Jesus, put your hands together and declare come to an end. Let it come to an end. Everything that has a beginning has an end. Say yes. And that is the reality. Every other thing you are facing is false reality. There's only one reality. And one other thing the enemy does is to get you and I to acknowledge the challenges, acknowledge the situation because he throws things at us. 
to get us to agree with him. And the way we agree with him is to confess with our mouths what's going on. Because that is the way God has designed it. That, that is God's methodology, protocol, and the way he does his things. That he takes our mouth to agree or to disagree with God and also the adversary. So we are either going to agree with God or agree with the adversary. Yeah. And the way we agree with God or the adversary is what we say with our mouth. We confess and rehearse God's word and promises. We're in agreement with God. We confess what the enemy is doing. Then we are in agreement with the devil. And that is what he wants. If we disagree with him, it doesn't matter his predictions and projections. And it doesn't matter whatever he throws at us. It will not stand. Neither shall it come to pass. Come on, put your hands together. Say yes. As challenging and as difficult as it might be or it is, we have no other choice but to stand by what God has said. Come with me to first, Second Kings chapter 4, verse 16 to 17. Second Kings 4, 16 to 17. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord. Thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. So here was a great woman, a Shunammite. She was a woman of great substance. She had influence and access in her own country. She had access to the corridors of power. If you study the history carefully, she wasn't just any woman had a lot of influence, carried weight, deep pocket. She had everything but a, but a child, but a child. And she had accepted that there was a possibility that she would never have a child. And she, she lived with it, she accepted it, and she was happy that, hey, it really doesn't matter. I count my blessings and name them one by one. And she, she, she understood that she have everything and she's been blessed with everything she will ever need by the child, and she said, I was going, I'm going to live with it anyway. It doesn't really matter. I still love God, and I'll still support the ministry and do things for the ministry and advance the work of God and the house of God and bless and empower the servants of God. And she compelled this prophet, man of God, to come in and eat, build him a chamber, and furnished it. And the man of God said, to every seed, there is an increase in the harvest. To every labor, there is a reward. And so she called in the Shunammite and said, Woman, for all that you've done for me in the ministry, what do you want in return? Let me bless you. She looked at him and said, Man of God, thank you, but I have need of nothing. I have need of nothing. I want nothing. I lack nothing. I'm very blessed. And then the servant of the man of God said to the man of God, She doesn't have a child. That is the only need she has. And her husband, her husband is old. He lacks the unction to function. He doesn't have what it takes to perform anymore. The man of God said, mm, on that note, it will be on the account of my faith. Next year by this time, you will embrace, you will embrace a child. The woman looked at the man of God and said, don't mess with my intelligence or my feelings or emotions. She said, I have concluded that there's a possibility 
that this is never going to happen in my life. And so don't come here and resurrect and awake some hopes and expectations are put to sleep. The man of God ignored her unbelief and regrets and said, next year by this time, according to my word, you embrace, embrace a child. And it came to pass, just as the man of God said it. She had had experiences. She'd been fooled and deceived, deceived in the past. And she just didn't want to be deceived and manipulated anymore by anybody because of what she did. And according to the word of God, exactly one year's time, she embraced a son. The thing that she did that was so profound was the fact that she still maintained her relationship with the source of the blessing. One of the things among the body of Christ and Christians is the fact that we forget to maintain relationship with the source of our blessings and our favor. It looks like anytime we get blessed, we forget where we have come from and the source of the blessing. We, we disconnect. We begin to show all kinds of attitudes towards God, the things of God, the house of God, the servants of God, and we begin to dishonor the source of the blessing. We, we, we get more interested in the provision than the provider. Uh, we, we are excited about the healing than the healer. Uh, we love the creation than the creator. And she didn't do that. She maintained her connection with the source of the blessing. And there came a time that the enemy raised an objection. There was a dispute and a, a contention over her blessing. It looks like the enemy raised a contention, a dispute, and said, no way. You are meant to be barren, woman. You don't deserve this blessing. You don't deserve having a child. And the enemy came after the seed and the blessing. And the child died. And in the name of Jesus, any objection and any dispute and contention going on concerning your blessings, concerning your seed, concerning God's favor upon your life, whoever known and unknown that have raised an objection and a dispute and have taken you to the court of the adversary saying that you don't deserve to be blessed, that you don't qualify for this breakthrough and has raised an objection insisting that you should not have it, you shouldn't have a child, you shouldn't be blessed, you shouldn't have this money, you shouldn't have this favor, you don't deserve this office and breakthrough. Today, we raise a counter objection. We raise a counter petition. In the name of Jesus, we cancel, cancel, and we override every objection that have been raised against the blessing of God in your life. And we secure the resurrection of your blessing. We secure the resurrection of your seed. Put your hands together, override, and cancel, cancel. Anyone who is objecting to your blessing, objecting to your miracle, objecting to your office, saying that you don't deserve it, you deserve it, saying that you can't have it, you have it. Saying that you must not have it, you will have it. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together. Declare it. Amen. As simple as that may sound and look like, hear me. 
I have seen people in this life over the years and the decades who get blessed and for one reason or the other, they end up losing it. And you study their background carefully. It's because no one in that bloodline have ever had anything good. And anyone who possesses anything good, they come after the person. And this woman, for decades, had tried, done everything, and it never worked for her having a child. So when she got blessed with a son, and for once, her joy was full. She was fulfilled and satisfied. She believed God, and her faith was tested. Her trust was tested. And everything she stood for was tested. The enemy came after that blessing. I declare, let your blessing be preserved. Let your miracle be preserved. You know, I've seen people who never built, never had anything. And after years of believing God and so on, they buy a land, a property, they build and they own and suddenly from nowhere there is a dispute over the land. Something comes up and somebody is challenging them and saying that the land is mine. This property belongs to me and takes them to court, produces illegal documents, something to challenge the real thing. It's a demonic objection. Somebody is raising a dispute, an objection saying that you don't deserve it. There are people who have been married and for years they believe God and something happens. The man or the woman either dies or something goes wrong. It's a demonic objection. And for those of you, when you see a believer, a man of God, or the children of the righteous going through difficult times, and you rejoice, and you make all kinds of comments about it, because you've never been through anything before, be careful. Be careful because you might end up being the next. Be careful because it can happen to you, for you to know that a man like Job don't have to transgress, to sin, to be tested of God. God tested Job's faith and obedience. And when he passed the test, God gave him twice as much as he had before. Say yes. So stop being fooled and deceived by thinking that you see a believer going through some difficult times and it's because he has transgressed or done something wrong and because you have never been through crisis before, you think you are very anointed and you are good. You are joking. Your day shall also come. The Bible said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. He said, put on the whole armor of God that ye might be able to stand in the evil day. Stand. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake. There is an evil day for everybody. And whether you stand on the evil day in your life or not has everything to do with how dressed you are. Put on the whole armor of God that ye might be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. There are wiles of the enemy and there are also evil days. There's an evil day. There's an evil day. And I pray that in your evil day, God will show you and your house mercy. Come on somebody, scream and shout mercy, mercy. And we quench all the wiles of the enemy. And the fiery darts in the name of Jesus. Say yes. Come with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 20 to 23. 
And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. So look at this woman. She lost the blessing. And I've seen people over the years. They get blessed. They come into plenty and abundance. And for whatever reason, because there is a contrary force, because there is something fighting them, not to be able to keep or to have anything. As a pattern, as something that reoccurs in their family and bloodline, when they ever get blessed, favored, and come into plenty and abundance, the enemy will lift up his head, raise an objection, and say, you don't deserve anything good. But I declare the devil is a liar. For it is written, who is he that saith a thing and he cometh to pass when the Lord God Almighty commanded it not? Are you hearing me, somebody? Let them get their loins but be broken in pieces. Let them take their counsel in the name of Jesus. Let it be broken in pieces. Let them speak their word and it shall not stand. For God is without. Put your hands together. Say yes. Who said you don't deserve it? Who said you cannot have it? And the woman had one she ex never expected to have. She had it. Her greatest dream and desire in life came to pass. I declare that that which you think is impossible, that which you think will never happen, that you are tired of believing and praying about it, I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus from today, let the impossibilities become possible in your life. Let there be Rivers in your desert and away in your wilderness. Let every crooked path in your life, in the life of your family, your business, your finances, your health, let every crooked path be made straight in the name of Jesus. Let every mountain and let every hill standing in your way become plain. Let every valley be exalted. If you believe it, put your hands together. Come on, shout yes. This was something she least expected and believed it could ever happen, but it did. And when it happened, the enemy put up a fight. That's it. He puts up a fight to deny you, to take the joy out of the blessing, to complicate things so that you have the blessing, but the joy is taken out. Today, any fight the enemy has put up in your life, any fight the enemy has put up against your health, your business, your finances, your family, your future, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we intercept that fight right now. Put your hands up. We intercept it. We override that fight and we secure your blessing. We secure your breakthrough. We secure your family. We secure your health. We secure your seed. We secure your going out and your coming in. In the name of Jesus, we bind the adversary. In the name of Jesus, say yes. Now the thing you must appreciate and understand is that the, the very thing she ever needed and desired that never came through and never came to pass came. Then she lost it. She lost it. She lost it. And 
Sometimes things happen, but she didn't give in. She refused to agree with the adversary. She understood that this was given to me by God. You can't have it. You cannot have it. I declare that the enemy will not have any blessing of ours. Any blessing of ours in transit, we secure it. On the account of the blood of Jesus, by the word of the Lord, we secure our blessings in the air. We secure our blessing on land. We secure our blessing on water. We secure our blessing at home. We secure our blessing abroad. Put your hands together. Secure your blessings right now. Secure your blessings. Secure your favor. Secure your breakthrough. Secure your children. Secure. Come on, somebody. Open your mouth and declare, I deserve it. Because God says I deserve it. I deserve it because I am the redeemer of the Lord. I'm not losing it. I'm not losing any blessing. I'm not losing my joy or my peace or my, my faith in the name of Jesus. You know, the enemy went for her faith. The other day Jesus said to Peter, he said, Satan has desired to have you sift you as wheat. Satan has asked for you. He's putting a request and a demand and a claim for your life. Today, any request, any demand or claims the enemy has put in by any technicality or legality for our lives and for the lives of our family and our loved ones and our children, home and abroad, let the request, let the demands, let the claims be dismissed. Dismissed. Cancel, cancel by the blood of Jesus. Dismiss the claim right now. Dismiss every claim. Cancel, cancel. Claims, demands, requests put in by the adversary concerning your life, your, your family, your, your loved ones, your faith, your sons, your daughter. We cancel, cancel every demonic argument and request by the power of Jesus' name. Amen. And Jesus said something very profound. He said, Peter, Satan has put in a request for your life. But I pray for you. I pray that you won't lose faith with God. He said, I pray that your faith will not fail. So the adversary's target was Peter's faith. He wanted his faith. He wanted to bring him to a place where he loses his faith in God. And that was his target on this woman. That he realized that she was a woman of faith. That she believed God against all odds. And now that the blessing has come, his strategy was to step in and take away the blessing for her to doubt God. But the woman said to the husband, send me one of the young men. I got to go see the man of God. And the husband said, it's neither new moon nor Sabbath. Leave him alone. And the woman said, don't even worry about it. It is well. She didn't cry. She didn't say, I just lost our son. He didn't complain. He didn't accept the situation. He said, I will go to the source of the blessing. Come to 2 Kings 4, 26. Look at 2 Kings 4, 26. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Look at the process the man of God took her through. He said to the servant, go meet her. Ask her, if it is well with her. It wasn't well, but she said it is well. It is well was the reality. 
That was the reality. That's why I told you that there is only one reality. Everything else is false reality. Fear is a false reality that appears to be true. And the enemy brings it to you and I for us to accept what he's showing us. And when we accept it, we come in agreement with him. And as soon as we come into agreement by saying and confessing what he's doing and what he's showing us, we give him the authorization to execute. But in the name of Jesus, I declare that you will not agree with the adversary in any shape or form where you are concerned or your family. We break any demonic agreements and covenants in the name of Jesus. Say amen. And the man of God said, ask her if he's well with her. She said, he's well with me. How about the husband? He's well. Your son, it is well. Now hear me. Was it well with the son? She had lost the son. It was not well. But she said, it shall be well. And it became well. It shall be well. And she said, it is well. And as a result of agreeing with the only one reality, the word of God, that God even raises the dead. That God has power to resurrect the dead. That what God has given to you, let no man take it. And let not another take it. Say yes. She said, it is well. And it became well. That is the way God does it. Your mouth and your tongue is the vehicle that God has ordained to execute the eternal purposes of God. There are things God has in mind for you and I that is only going to happen by you and I opening our mouth and saying it. It is insane and rehearsing what God has promised you and I and has said about you and I that what exists in eternity will come into time. That is the only process. It's the way he does his things. It's the methodology by which he does his things. For death and life is in the power of your tongue. So anytime you speak, you are speaking death or you are speaking life. There is no other way I can explain it to you. And none of us, Paluda Kufada Hazid, are greater and above the scriptures. This is the way God has ordained it to be. He himself is subject to his word. Go to Genesis 1-3. Look at something. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. You see, God didn't desire light. He spoke his desires. And people think that all you have to do is to imagine and desire. It's more than that. You have to speak it. You have to declare it. And God said, talk to me. And God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be and God said, let there be and God said, let there, let there be light. And there was light. Hear me. There would have never been light until today if God hadn't said, let there be light. Look at Look at Proverbs 6 2. Proverbs 6 2. Proverbs 6 2. Thou, thou art, art snared. Go ahead. Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Uh -huh. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. How are you snared? You by are snared words. by your own words. And how are we snared by our own words? The enemy throws things at us, push your back to the wall. 
compels you to accept the circumstances. That this is what it is. This is what it is. But that is not the true reality. There's only one reality. It's the word of God. So if he can get you to say what he wants you to say. If he can program you to say what he wishes and desires to happen to you. Then you've come in agreement with him. And that gives him authorization to execute it. You sign your own death warrant. I pray for you. That it doesn't matter what's going on in your life and how tough and difficult the situation will be that you yourself with your mouth will not self-destruct. That you will not self-sabotage your own destiny and future and that of your family and loved ones by confessing and saying what the enemy wants you to say. I command you in the name of Jesus to say what the word of God says and not what the enemy wants you to say. Put your hands together. Say yes. I'm not saying it's simple. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's automatic. But you and I need to be remembered. Reminded. Reminded every now and then of how these things work. See, I hear you. She said it is well and it was well. Come with me if you please to Isaiah 3.10. Isaiah 3.10. Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. What it means is, what it means here is, your labor will not be in vain. Say, my labor will not be in vain. Say, no more foolish errands in my life. He said, say ye unto the righteous, it shall be well with thee. I came to declare to somebody, I don't know who I came to speak to, but this morning, it is written, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. I come in the name of the name, in the name of the Lord above every other name. And I proclaim that it shall be well with you. Hearing the sound of my voice, I declare it shall be well with you. And you will eat the fruit of your labor and your labor will not be in vain. If you believe it, somebody, put your hands together, shout yes, scream yes. Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom Again. Believed. As it is written, uh -huh. I have made thee a father of many nations. I will make you. I have made. I will make you. I have made. Past tense. It means it's a done deal. You are a finished product. Amen. Are you hearing me, somebody? As long as God is concerned, he has already determined the outcome of your life. And that's why I declare, I declare, oh my enemy, make no mistake. It doesn't matter how advanced your plans have been or gone. It's just a matter of time. God will have the last word about the circumstances of my life and my family and this house. And of this nation, let God have the last word and not man. And not any adversary. Make no mistake. Concerning this matter, lift up your right hand. Say, oh my enemy, make no mistake. Concerning this matter, the circumstances of my life and of my family and of my church and my nation, 
God will have the last word. If you believe it, put your hands together. Shout yes. From the to to the trees is a Victory for me in the name of Jesus. Let them be vanquished in the air on land and on water. Let them be vanquished home and abroad. Put your hands together and say, every adversary vanquished. 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 Every adversary vanquished. Known and unknown. Within and without. Let every adversary within and without be vanquished. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 No arguments. I need no confession of our mouth he called things which don't exist things which are not to be he called them as if they are it's important for you to understand the principles the technicalities and the legality and the methodologies through which and by which God operates he's not going to change it because of you and I he himself is subject to that process let there be light and there was light and you and I must follow his example as our heavenly father. That is the way he does it. 
And let's look at let's look at Genesis 17, verse 5 and 6. Genesis 17, 5 and 6. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Have I made you? Yeah? And king shall come out of thee. For a father of men, he said, I've done it. It's done. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I have of you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil. To give you an expected end. God, who declares the end from the beginning. So before he begins your beginning, he goes to the end and determines how you must end before he begins your beginning. Anything contrary to God's expectations concerning us, our family, our nation, and this house, and our sons and daughters, home and abroad, let it be averted in the name of Jesus. Let it be intercepted and arrested by the power of Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together and say yes. God said, I'm going to change the name of Abraham to Abraham, father of many nations. And as you keep hearing father of many nations, father of many nations, father of many nations, you will eventually become a father of many nations. That is the way God operates. That's why you have to be careful of even names you give to your kids. You know, I found out many years ago that I had to do something about some of the names of my kids. Because I was trying to respect and to honor certain personalities in my family. So I gave them some names. And as time went on, and I began to investigate the meaning of the names. And I saw certain things that I was struggling with in their lives. I realized that I was recalling and reinforcing past situations. I was enforcing a spirit and a curse. And an influence. I was recalling shadows of people who have existed in past. I was bringing back their shadows anytime I mention their names. And I have to disengage and discontinue some things in prayer. It's not easy. Sometimes it's very complicated. But you have to be careful the names you give to your kids. And you have to also mind the meaning of your name. For Abigail said, his name means a fool. And so is he. And the Bible said, a child is known by his name. What is your name? And what meaneth your name? Turn to someone and say, what is your name? And what meaneth your name? Do you know the meaning of your name? Because anytime you are called by that name, you are invoking something. You are recalling something. You are enforcing something. So you must know, don't just take things for granted. We take too many things for granted. The children of light. And we act like children of darkness. It looks like even the children of darkness are better in understanding than you and I. They are wiser, Jesus said, in their generation than us, the children of light. You got to find out the meaning of that name. You know, one thing I like about the Nigerians they don't just give names. If you check the meaning of their names, every one of them means something good. Yeah, it means something good. So you have to watch names. I've heard people call Uwo death. Death doesn't need permission to take you. He's already looking for you. So why are you calling death? 
Why do you call your child Owo? Why? It's foolishness. But it's also ignorance. Today, let your name be changed. Any name you are carrying that you shouldn't be carried in the name of Jesus, let it be changed. And any curse and any shadow of the past that keeps coming after you by the mentioning of a name you shouldn't carry, today, let it be intercepted. I don't want to dwell on that, so we'll move on. See, I hear you. Come with me to John chapter 1 verse 42 and Matthew 16, 18. And he brought him to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation. You see, Simon means an unstable personality. One that cannot be dependent upon. There are so many people I deal with and they are unpredictable. They are very unstable, but I deal with them because of the work I do. But I don't let them into my holies of holies. I deal with them from the outer court, not even from the holy place, because they are dangerous. You can't depend on them. And I don't trust people with my feelings anymore who haven't been tested and tried. You are an unmature. People who betray their fathers, people who betray loved ones and friends, are people who haven't been tested and they haven't been tried. I have been so betrayed over the years that I hate betraying anybody. And it doesn't matter what you do to me, I will never betray you because I understand the consequence of betrayal. If you look at people who betrayed their fathers and their masters, they never made it. Never made it. Judas betrayed Jesus. He didn't make it. He ended up in hell. Absalom betrayed his father did not make it. Ahitophel betrayed his boss, the king of Israel, David, and never made it. He ended up hanging himself because he betrayed his boss. And Judas hanged himself because he betrayed his master. Ahitophel did the same, took his life because he betrayed David. Don't betray anybody. Don't tell me that you have to avenge your pain. God said, vengeance is mine and I will repay. Don't take the law into your hands. Let God do it, and he does it better than you and I. Come on, put your hands together. Say yes. Come to Matthew 16, 18. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. They won't stand a chance. And the rock here is not just talking about Peter. In a true sense of what Jesus meant was this. I will build my church. On the revelation of who I am, that I am the Christ, I am the anointed one, I am the Messiah, I am the Christ too. This house and church is not built on Nicholas Duncan Williams. It is built on the revelation of who Jesus is. So it will stand the test of time. It will stand if Jesus tarries for a thousand years, if God's word remains and abides, it will continue to stand and be here. 
for a thousand years till the coming of the Lord Jesus and even more because it is built on the revelation of the Son of God, not on Nicholas Duncan Williams. Come on, put your hands together. Say yes. Come with me, please. To Joel chapter 3, verse 10. Beat your plowshares into swords mm -hmm. and your pruning hooks into spears. Mm -hmm. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am weak. Come on, talk to me, friend. But the fact of the matter is, people who are intellectually brilliant and sophisticated will tell you that, well, if I'm weak, I have to admit it. It's a lie to say I'm strong if I'm weak. I'm weak. But I'm telling you, the principles of God's word, the methodology of God is different from that of this world. God has a way. He said, my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts. He has a process and a way of getting things done. He said, when you are weak, then say I'm strong. Paul said, I am strong when I am weak. Are you hearing me, somebody? And I declare today that in the name of Jesus, let God have the last words. Let the expectations of those who are waiting for an occasion to rejoice over acts be disappointed. Yea, let their defenses depart from them. For those who are waiting for an occasion to say, aha, 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 let that day never come for them. Come with me to Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. May I declare to every adversary out there, don't rejoice yet. Don't rejoice. Don't celebrate. Don't spread around your lies and your speculation. For it's a matter of time. I said it's a matter of time. I will rise again. Our sons will rise again. Our daughters will rise again. This house, we will rise again. You think you've made it, it's a matter of time. You think you are ahead, let me announce to you, by the word of Adonai, it's just a matter of time. There is a provision in the Bible that says, I will restore your wasted years. There is a provision in the Bible where David pursued, overtook, and recovered all. I declare by the word of the Lord, we shall pursue we will overtake. We will recover all. If you believe it, put your hands together. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. We are so blessed to have you listening with us on the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams podcast today. Our ministry exists to equip and empower God's people with the transformational power of apostolic prayer and deliverance. You can partner with us by bringing the revival of prayer to our global community and sowing a seed, renewing your mind through our books, or 
increasing your knowledge through our online School of Ministries. Access all our resources at www.ndwministries.org. Know today that we are partnering with you in daily prayer for daily triumph. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to you joining next week. Give him